Happy Thanksgiving! Oh, I'm so excited for this week. If you guys don't already know, I'm Michelle. And I'm Jesse. And we have a little thankfulness episode coming out this week because, let's be real, 2020 has been kind of rough, but, you know, there are always reasons to be really grateful for, you know, some of the things that have happened this year, communities that have been built out of facing COVID, and, you know, just being grateful for music and the beautiful community that comes with music. I think we can all agree that there's always so many reasons to be joyous and grateful about this thing that we decide to do with our uh, career and lives. So before we jump into our little thankfulness episode, what announcements do we have this week, Jesse? So first of all, obviously, happy Thanksgiving. Just in time for Thanksgiving, or more accurately, for Black Friday, we have a new YouTube video where we explore some not so great music merch. <laughs> not the kind of stuff that's on your list. The kind of stuff that someone who only knows you're a musician and nothing else about you might get you for the holiday season. And so we have a really good time going through and roasting some of the weirder music stuff we found online. So please go check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun and it comes out this Friday. Just a sneak peek. There is an alarming amount of drum turned lamps that needs to be discussed. So (laughs) the things people will turn into lamps it truly baffles the mind. Like, don't get me wrong. We've all seen bad music shirts and things, but the the desire to make things into liquor cabinets or lamps, I will never understand. Yeah. Also, drumsticks are not an accessory. They are terrifying <laughs> in any sort of DIY situation. So keep an eye out on our YouTube. You know what's definitely not an accessory? Broken drumsticks. Not even kidding. Keep an eye on our YouTube and uh, you'll see what we're talking about. Um, So first and foremost, as we kick off our thankfulness episode, we really want to just take a second to thank you, our audience, our community, for sticking around, for tuning in every week, for sharing our content and leaving positive reviews and comments. You know, starting a podcast has been a really, really incredible experience for both Jesse and I. And out of that, you know, just having fun creating these episodes and videos and content every week. We love talking with you guys. And I know we say that pretty much every episode, but we truly mean it. Like every time we get a DM or a comment or somebody reposts our stuff, Jesse and I are constantly texting each other and just are so excited and so thankful for just the overwhelmingly positive response you guys give us. We've had the opportunity to talk to so many people, to, you know, learn about so many new perspectives, to tackle some tough issues and just connect with people over that. And if anything, I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity to build this online community, whether you guys are joining our opera watch parties or our little uh, young artist parties where we play Jackbox games. We really are just so thankful for you guys. And I don't even there aren't even words to express how amazing you guys are. I feel so fortunate to have gotten to talk to so many of you and to get to share, you know, a love of classical music and a love of performing with you guys. And it's just been such an incredible time to in this year when things in our industry are so complicated to get to just enjoy sharing stories with you guys and sharing annoyances and sharing pain and sharing all of it throughout this year with all of you and I I can't describe how amazing that is and how much Michelle and I go back and forth all the time talking about how 
insane it is that there are so many people in this community already. And so thank you guys. Thank you guys for coming and contributing and sending in your stories and and talking to us on Instagram and everywhere else. It's been so, so incredible. We love you guys. <laughs> we love our little yeah. community. So thank you. We're having a great Thanksgiving, spending it, being thankful for you. And thank you to all of our friends who have been guests on our episodes, you know, to people who we didn't know and then interviewed and then, you know, have maintained relationships with, you know, thank you guys who tune into our IG lives and come on to play games with us. You know, we love having you guys on with us. It brings us so much joy. And I think if anything, you know, starting this podcast has made us realize that young artists, we're badasses. I mean, we're so cool. We are so passionate about this crazy thing that we do. And we're so passionate about really carving out a very ethical and inclusive and just kind of modern version of what we've had going on. And it's really amazing to see all of the awesome ideas and projects coming out. And you guys are awesome. We're here. We're doing the work. It's a good time. Thank you to everyone who's come on our Issues in Opera episodes and helped educate us and helped educate our audience on some of the more difficult issues that we are facing and trying to to really change in this upcoming period. I, it's not easy and we appreciate you taking the time to really help us as as we try to make our industry better. Oh, all the good feelings. <laughs> I love Thanksgiving. Yeah, we're so lucky for every single person in this community. We are so lucky to know you guys and to get to share stuff with you. Awesome. So Jesse, personally, what are what are you feeling especially thankful for this Thanksgiving season? You know, I <laughs> this is not the 2020 I thought I would have. Yeah. And I Michelle and I both finished grad school in 2019 and like right about a month after I lost my dad. And so <laughs> I spent a lot of 2019 in a weird place. And so I came into 2020 really being like I'm going to make this my year. <laughs> Yep. But you know what? In a weird way, I mean, first of all, I am so lucky for my family, my incredibly supportive family who has helped me because I was a bartender. So obviously I lost my job, (laughs) but then I got to use this time to build this podcast and I got to learn how to stream. I stream on Twitch and I made so many new friends through that experience and their friendship has helped me maintain me through this long, long year of getting to getting to know them and getting to play online games with them has made this year so much less lonely than it could have been. And my family has been incredibly supportive of everything I've been doing. And on top of all of that, I got to spend a lot of time thinking about the musician and the person I wanted to be moving forward, which I wasn't going to really get that time when I was working full time and I was also trying to start the podcast and I didn't really have time to sit back and consider what it is I wanted my world and the world in large to look like. And so I'm so grateful for time and not only that, but the security my family has offered me to have that time to actually reflect. It's it's given me so much in the strangest and weirdest of ways. This year was my year in a weird way, I really did get to think about the person I wanted to become and that has made me better for it. Yeah. It's been a crazy year. A lot of a lot of ups and downs. We can't forget about the ups. Yeah. I mean, there were plenty of things that were rough about this year, but there are so many moments that I am grateful for. What about you? What are you personally thankful for? I'm very thankful for my family. I'm very thankful to have spent this 
year and COVID season with my family, with my siblings who are much younger than me and being able to have a little bit of fun during quarantine and and really connect with that core foundation. And I think if anything, I'm grateful that 2020 has really shown me how important it is to detach your happiness and personal fulfillment from external circumstances. Yeah. That's definitely, I think, been something that a lot of us have been learning and has just been a really, really important thing to learn in my mid-20s and I feel will set me up for so much more success moving forward and I don't know that that's necessarily a lesson I would have learned at this point in my life had you know a lot of these things not happened. I'm thankful you know for my church community who have given me an opportunity to kind of sing and and you know perform for online services when you know classical music has not necessarily afforded me the same type of opportunity during covid and I'm just really I'm just really thankful for the people in my life right now because uh, a lot of other things yeah. are on pause and in flux. And uh, the one thing that has remained super constant is, you know, you, Jesse, our podcast, our community and uh, my friends and family. And 2020 is will be an OK year because, you know, I'm getting it through with them. Yeah, I definitely think that's the biggest takeaway is just what an important place people may take in our lives and how important they are to us. And how, you know, without people, nothing really matters. And and I can't wait to see when it is safe to be with people again, how much closer we all grow because of it. And now I want to talk a little bit about some of the submissions you guys made when we asked on Instagram about what you were thankful for this year, both musically and in the world. And a lot of you mentioned things that were all centered around the opera world getting a big wake-up call, especially having to do with digital media and diversity. Yes, this has definitely been the best thing about this year. Um, There has been such a huge wake-up call, and it's been really inspiring to see how many young artists have really organized themselves to, you know, really question some of the more problematic traditions that we've upheld within the classical music world. And it's just really amazing to see so many people having better discussions about race about fat liberation about you know inclusion and and accessibility and trying to make our industry better in so many different ways in which of course we were always talking about but not on a mass scale like we are in 2020 and this is kind of why we decided to start our issues in opera episodes because it is important that people our age are talking about changing classical music for the better and creating an industry that can include more people and should include in more people and it's just been super positive to see so many people speaking out and really demanding change yeah I think you know while I'm incredibly grateful for the more established artists who have spoken up uh, especially with the organizations that they're a part of the really beautiful thing about this is that the movement has largely been led by young singers and young artists and students who are pushing for a better musical world to step into. And so I'm just really proud of everyone for really learning and embracing the collective power we have. Yay, young artists. (laughs) It's our time. Yeah, I mean, this should always remind you that at the end of the day, we are capable of making demands and being heard. And we shouldn't stop here, even as the world hopefully begins to transition back into whatever it will be post-quarantine. But I think the other thing is that This is also the first time I've really seen the classical music world react 
to these demands in this way, not even just in terms of diversity and equity within our industry, but also especially in terms of accessibility. You know, obviously this was the first year for so many competitions and so many auditions that people could not be there in person. It was just way too risky. And we watched them make adjustments that people have been asking for for years, which was drop the prices on these auditions, try and do online only auditions for some of these to make them more accessible to more people who can't do the travel. And so it was really exciting to see, and not only that, seeing more online productions, seeing more online recitals from some of these professional companies, which is exactly what we want in terms of being able to share our industry with people uh, in a more accessible way than trying to send them to an opera house in a major city. So I'm very, very excited to see them actually embrace these ideals of accessibility. Absolutely. And there's so many more resources now, especially being in quarantine. I think a lot of young artists had the time to think about the change that they wanted to see. And I mean, think about our friends at Latina Women in Opera. I mean, think about all of these different accounts that have popped up in 2020 that just provide such community and resources. I mean, people like to bash on social media all the time, but it has been an incredible tool to really organize the classical music community and just share ideas and share cool productions like you said it's a really exciting time to be in music watching the classical music representation both orchestral uh and individual instrumental and opera and all of these groups choral singers all of these people grow their online presence and be just more available to everyone has been really really cool because it was something that to me was just very much missing pre-covid And so it's so exciting to now see those kinds of groups become popular. It makes me very hopeful for classical music. Absolutely. And it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, we started this podcast because we felt like there wasn't a lot for young artists, especially in the podcast space. And now there's a bunch of podcasts all about young artist issues. And it's so cool. It's so exciting to be in this space right now. I really do think I speak for everyone when I say one of the most important musical things that happened to me this year was hearing Jonas Kaufman sing All I Want for Christmas is You. (laughs) (laughs) That truly was the gift of the year for me. Like nothing will top my experience of pulling up that song and listening to it for the first time. (gasps) Oh my gosh. If you guys haven't listened to Jonas Kaufman's, you know, 42 hit wonder... Christmas album. Why is it so long? It's so freaking long. But go look it up because, first of all, before we even talk about this, let me just say that Jonas Kaufman has the most iconic album covers. Like, it's so cheeky. He's, like, blowing some snow. It's, like, and it, the literally the album is called It's Christmas. And, like... I, I love that title, I too, can't. to be honest. Just It's, it's Christmas. Christmas. That's just a fact. <laughs> it has very Mary Chrysler energy to it, right? Mary Chrysler. Doesn't she say that? It's Christmas. Oh, you're right. Oh, I just pulled it up because I was wondering how long the actual full album is. It's two hours long. Oh, oh my gosh. I don't know your thoughts about this as a to our general audience, but it blessed me in so many ways. I mean, let me tell you that it's shocking to me that we got through 42 songs and uh, there clearly was no English diction coach, but that's fine because it's literally Kaufman. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. But it's it like, okay, his, you know what? To me, it only adds 
his R's come out like as a southern accent, which is even more confusing to me. I'm sorry, say again. <laughs> I said his R's come out as like a very southern accent to me, oh, which yeah, is very confusing. He's, he's very much like pronouncing them. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, let's talk about all I want for Christmas as you. Share your thoughts with me, Jesse. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think I think the funniest the thing that really kills me is the spoken part at the beginning. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's so much, but like when you start it up and he's just like dramatically speaking on pitch. <laughs> it's literally like he's treating it like russet. And let me also be honest, mostly speaking on pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know oh. why people feel the need to sing this song if you don't sing this kind of pop music. It's okay. It's a hard sing. You don't have to do it. I feel like that's going to be the, like, oh, let me check on Spotify. <laughs> I feel like that song is good. Oh, look, it's in my, it's literally the first on my shortcuts. <laughs> um, It is the gift no, that keeps oh, on giving. Let's see. Oh, yes. Let's see how many... Oh, that's kind of awkward. It only has, it has less than, it has like 6,500 plays. That is not okay. People, get on, put that on repeat. I'm shocked. You bopped to that. It's the last song on the on this, on this album, so maybe people are just not getting all the way through. Um, Let's see. Oh, his, his first song only has 10,000 plays. Uh-oh. What are you Classical people doing? Classical music community. Well, we are, we are still in the pre-Thanksgiving period, so give it time. That's true. He'll he'll recover. If special listening, please listen to Winter Wonderland. It is actually so wholesome and adorable. And his Eng- his English is pretty good. There are great songs on this album. Yes. Let's be clear. Like not all of this is bad. It's just <laughs> all I want for Christmas is you is a hard sing. And because of how he's chosen to do it, it has big mall singer energy. Like oh, if you didn't such... know that yeah. this album was his, you could imagine hearing that particular rendition in a Macy's. Literally. That's the it's so chaotic. You know what I mean? And also like the the vibe. There are so many choices that are made. Oh, strong choices. I think the thing that gets me is I get the sense that he's sight reading this song. Yeah. Oh, there's there's some moments where I was kind of surprised, and I guess I mean I don't I don't edit music, so <laughs> there were definitely times where I was listening to it and I was like, uh, he's just not on the beat, is he? Huh? No, I'm <laughs> like, hmm, we we're a little under that note, aren't we? Now, let me preface with saying that like I would die for Jonas Kaufman. Like we are not questioning his talent or ability. This is he's- funny because he is such a good singer. It's funny because he sells out at the Met, like, every single time he's there. That's why it's so hilarious. And, like, I just think that one of his music producers probably didn't like him too much and just handed him the sheet music to All I Want for Christmas and was just like, hey, why don't we just, why don't we just try it? And then I mean, they ended up putting it as the last song on his 42-song album. This is... I, I uh, really am stuck on the 42 songs. <laughs> it's so many. It's two like hours. literally, he went to Google, searched Christmas songs. He could have just released a different Christmas album in multiple years instead of like dropping a forty-two album. Listen, I can't. This is. I can't. I'd like to take this moment to speak directly to Jonas Kaufman. First of all, <laughs> baby, this is we for you. love you. We do. We adore you. But <laughs> you did not have a friend in that recording studio because they would have told you. 
not to put so that on good, the album. Though. It's so good. Like I just want you to know, I don't know who was in that room with you, but they are not your friends. It's so sus, but at the same time, I can't stop listening to it. Oh, you, you know have what I mean? To, like, like I have to listen to it at least once a day. Otherwise, I start like twitching. I will lip sync to this for the rest of my life. This will make it back into my Christmas listening forever. It's iconic, just not in the way he probably wants it to be. No, but it will forever be my favorite. But like if I recorded something like this and Michelle didn't tell me not to put it out there, we would not be friends anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. It's so good. Anyways, if you haven't listened to it, please go listen to it because honestly, we we should have a well. It's like a two-hour album, so maybe not. I was going to say we should have a listening party (laughs) on IG Live. (laughs) Mm, Yes. Oh, goodness gracious. But yeah, 100% probably the... It's a gift. Yeah, the thing I'm most thankful for musically in 2020. But we also threw this question of what are you thankful for in music or being within the music world out on our Instagram stories. And you guys had such cute answers Um, So we're going to read a couple of them. Someone said, I am thankful that music can express my thoughts and emotions when words can't. And that's so true. Yeah. That's just like the universal love of music, you know? Yeah. Not even that. It's just nice to like sending somebody a song or something like that and sharing music with people is just a really lovely way of showing that you love them and care about them. And I, I also, you know, I'm one of those people. I have song lists for every emotion <laughs> what you do not every emotion i'm i'm being a little expansive there but uh or hyperbolic but i like i have a sad playlist and i have a happy playlist and i have like a getting ready playlist i think i have one i don't have one for now but i used to have an angry playlist too i was about to say do you have an anger playlist yeah it's just rage against the machine <laughs> it's not rage against the machine but it does have some like uh punk rock and things on it yeah i love that I think it just helps you, like, work through your emotions. There's something about music that, like, gives you permission to feel certain things. Oh, there's nothing better than, like, after you've had a breakup or you're sad and you listen to a breakup song. Like, it's a just a universal human experience. <laughs> exactly. I think that's really sweet. Another one that you guys sent in was uh, opportunities to communicate and connect with others. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I actually feel closer to the music community, especially uh, this year, than I have really in any previous year, because I'm not a big online person in terms of my actual music. And so this was the first year that I actually started engaging with more online communities. And not only that, I started bringing my friends who weren't really musicians into more of the online music communities, and they've really enjoyed it as well. Honestly, our non-musician audience in our little community here at Opera Offstage, you guys are honestly my faves. <laughs> I love all of our non-musicians or even like our non, our, our amateur musicians. Like you guys just being such a pure joy and love and like curiosity that is just so exciting to interact with. We love talking to you guys. You all ask very good questions that uh, very often we don't consider because we're so used to the traditions of our world. And it makes us think. Yeah. But also it's fun to introduce to people the fact that like not everyone likes every opera. We are almost always laughing at something in an opera. Yeah. It's super fun. (laughs) Um, And to get to share that kind of stuff with you and laugh along with you. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, somebody else sent in, our mutual love of music continues to bring new friends, and that's 100% true. I mean, most of my closest friends are, I've like met somehow through music, 
and it's just it's it's quite the bond <laughs> that you form between musicians us against the world yeah i think every time i meet new people like more and more I meet people who, even if they aren't musicians professionally, they have in some way connected to music, whether it was like through choir or church or school or wherever. And it's so nice to to always have something that is so universal connecting all of us. And our last one is this crazy dysfunctional family that spans time and space, <laughs> which I is specifically, I think, talking about our opera offstage family, uh, which is very true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and also like such a 2020 mood. <laughs> yeah, I think I love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm so grateful for all of you and all of the ideas and thoughts and challenges you've brought to us this year. It's it's just incredible. It's incredible to be a part of it all. Jesse, what are some reasons? And you know, you are you guys can't see this, but I. We get statistics when we upload the podcast, and you guys really are all over the world. One of our one of my good friends who interacts with us is in such a different time zone that one time I was we put an event on the weekend, but it's not the weekend for them because they're literally so far away. And so you guys are everywhere. Opera is everywhere. And that's so exciting to know and to hear from you guys. So thank you to all of our all of our audience around the world. Uh, a lot of you who obviously won't be celebrating Thanksgiving because it's a very American thing, but we are so <laughs> grateful for you. Yes. Jesse, what are what are some reasons you're thankful for music and the music world? Oh, you know what? One very specific thing, and I forgot to write him an email, so I need to make sure I do that. <laughs> but I specifically <laughs> want to say thank you to Nathan Troop, who was on the podcast. He was one of our guests when we talked about preparing audition packages, and he had a class, and I did that class over the month of October. And I am just so grateful because I had taken a really long break on singing, and so I was feeling really out of shape vocally, and I wasn't really... You know, I hadn't performed for anybody in a really long time, and it's always kind of an awkward shift to get back into it. And that class really helped me get back on my feet, and it made me feel very comfortable in my body and comfortable with the choices I was making while acting. And that's not an easy thing to do, especially um, online. And so I'm just very grateful for Nathan and that class. I think it really, really helped me. We freaking love Nathan. We really I do. Will, like, talk, I will praise him at any opportunity that I get. I'm so jealous I wasn't able to do that class. I'm sure it was an awesome experience. Yeah. And I'm thankful, honestly, for our watch parties. Our watch parties have really helped me. I've put off watching a lot of operas because I don't, I don't love watching stuff alone. I love to have somebody there to talk with me or to laugh or to like, you know, I want to hear what other people think about how people sing certain lines. I just, I, I like that group experience. And so getting to always have at least one person there with me watching these, it's not only helped me check off a big goal of this year, which was to watch more of these operas that I haven't yet, but also to get to share it with people. 100%. What about you? Yeah, something that I'm really thankful for in being in the music world is just all of the incredible mentors and teachers and artists and companies that I've been fortunate to meet and to talk to and work with. I just think that there are so many amazing people within the music sphere that are so willing and so generous with their time and their expertise to really, you know, make us feel safe and good as as young artists. Um, you know, my voice teacher from undergrad is like practically a mom to me. I just love her with my whole heart. 
And, you know, I'm really thankful for people that we've had on the podcast, like Tona Brown and companies like Stratagem Artists who very genuinely and heartfeltly care about the future of young artists and, you know, who are also fighting for our industry and for this next wave of musicians. And it's just, I'm really thankful that there are so many amazing and humble people within the music world. Absolutely. I mean, we're just so lucky to have so many wonderful people, not only advocating, but also helping mentor us and mentor the generation after us. Yeah. This is such a good feel-good episode, you guys. I'm so happy. <laughs> um, and with that, you know, I also want to be uh, say thank you to all of the guests we had on this year who are part of that group of strong young artists who are demanding representation and inclusion and reform, uh, including Latina women opera and Black women in opera. Heck yeah. Jesse, our friends are so cool. Like, what the heck? <laughs> and we haven't had them on the uh, Opera Offstage podcast yet, but also I would like to put Classically Black in there, whose podcast is very, very, very fun. Oh, yes. Man, there are just so many good people in our, in our sphere. What a time to be alive. Yeah, and you know, we're just so lucky to have so many incredible friends in the music world and to, to continue to get to introduce you guys to them and to get to know them better. It's been a really in, kind of incredible year on that level. Thank you guys for an incredible year hidden inside of a really, really rough year. <laughs> I hope you guys who celebrate have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And those of you who don't, I hope you have a great week and a great holiday season. We would love to hear from you guys. We would love to hear more about what's been great in your year or maybe even what's not so great. Um, we'd love to talk with you and we want to get to know you guys better. You can go join us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Those are all at Opera Offstage. You can message us through our website, opera-offstage.com. And through our Instagram, you can join us on Discord. There's a link in our bio, which is a great place to come and join and chat with the community and be a part of our parties. So... And share memes. And share some dank memes. But anyway, please reach out to us. We want to keep getting to know you better. So happy holidays, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.